for joining us once again for the next episode of Our Broken Bites. We're now recording episode 17, believe it or not. And with me today is gamer extraordinaire, Stephanie McKean. Hello. And I'm Leon. And we're here to talk about the latest things that are going on. Okay. So where should we kick things off? Well, I can talk about some things I'm playing right now. All right. Hit me. Have you heard of Infamous First Light? Uh, yeah. So it's the free game of the month for PlayStation Plus owners right. on PS4. And this is uh, a standalone, downloadable, um, kind of a side game going along with Infamous Second Son. Yeah, yeah, it kind of is. Originally, I thought it was a DLC for it. Yeah. But no, you don't need to own the original. Mm-hmm. So I gave it a try. I never played any of the Infamous games before. So this whole background story of whatever Infamous is about was totally new to me. And this game doesn't really go into any details. Like, So if you've never played an Infamous game before, uh-huh. I don't really think you need to understand like what it's about. Other than that, the character in the game had these special powers. I mean, the actual like game like textures and everything else about the graphics... Are, are good. I wouldn't say they're like over the top spectacular, mm-hmm. but the lighting effects are really cool. So like whenever she she kind of her powers are like electricity, so she absorbs like light from neon signs. This is the character you play. Yeah, the uh-huh. main character. Um, she'll throw like electricity bolts. Um, she's constantly like summoning summoning um, light power, kind of. Mm-hmm. That looks really good, like the particle effects and the light. But everything else is kind of like next-gen, but I wouldn't say it's like uh, anything special. The best thing I liked about it were the controls. Controls uh-huh. really, really good. Because you're uh, as because you're like a superhero kind of thing. Yeah. You can just jump from like building to building, and you kind of like... F- you don't fly, but you can float. Um, kind of like a glide. Sort of, yeah. Uh-huh. Yeah, depending on how you power your character up. And I at no, never at one point did I feel like... I couldn't control the character, or it was, like, really sloppy. Mm-hmm. Um, it's really smooth. It almost plays a little bit like a Spider-Man game, like, mm. where you can jump off a building, and yeah. as soon as you fall down, like, you can either, like, swing with your uh, electricity, or you can grab onto a light post or something. Right. It's so pretty it's cool. Kind of an open-world game, right? Completely open-world. You can go anywhere you want. Third person. Uh-huh. Mm-hmm. There's a lot of attention to detail. Mm-hmm. So, like, when you zoom in on the... Like buildings, you know, you can see a lot of detail in the signs and um, it's PlayStation Four power <laughs> coming yeah. into play here. Mm-hmm. looked looked really smooth from what I saw of the um, of the full game, but so I'm assuming it uses the same engine and the same setting and everything. Um, I never played the full game, but yeah. I think so. Mm-hmm. I think yeah, I think it almost seems like they maybe had an idea for like this character in the in the original game, and they kind of changed their minds at the last minute. Yeah, I wonder if it is a character in the game. I'm not really sure. I don't know, they don't make any reference to that other... Sh- I mean, the, the the plot in this one is about... And this is kind of my uh, issue with the game, mm-hmm. is that the plot is kind of, like, been there, done that, like, kind of not very creative. Mm-hmm. So, you, it's her... Her brother is kidnapped mm-hmm. in the game. And so she wants to try to get her brother back, because she has this, like, emotional bond with him. Uh-huh. And the whole thing with the, the storyline is... This drug dealer, like, kidnaps him, and every time he's like, well, you can have your brother back if you do one more task. <laughs> and he goes, oh, but I don't want to do this task, because so he's the evil, ca- but... So the, your your opponent is almost like the quest giver in this game. Yeah, yeah. Uh-huh. And then, but it's, it's kind of, like, lame, because, like, the first time, you're like, okay, you know, I, that kind of makes sense, you know, she wants to get him back. 
But then it's like after like the fourth or fifth time, ah, so you pulled off that task, you know, mm-hmm. but you can have your brother back, but not until you do this one. <laughs> and it's like, oh, come on. It's like, this is so stupid. <laughs> Stringing you along, <laughs> and then she's and she's constantly like, "Oh, but I don't want to do this, you know." But I guess I have to because I want my brother back. It's like, mm-hmm. oh, I don't know. That, Why that, doesn't she use her powers against him? Because <laughs> he's like so. This guy's so slick that uh-huh. he's always evading. Doesn't want to endanger her brother. Yeah, right. yeah, and that's another thing too. Because he sometimes will put the um, he'll threaten like, if you do anything, you know, I'll harm your brother or mm-hmm. something. All right, all right. So this is a tale of. Sibling love and uh, going above and beyond yeah, for yeah. family. Yeah, and there's and it, it, there is some flashback sequences. So most of the game is a flashback sequence, mm-hmm. and then it forwards into a scene where you're um, in a prison, and then you have to break out of the prison, and that's where you meet up with the guy you're trying to get at the end of the game. So I don't want to spoil too much, but um, mm-hmm. it, the, the storylines do work out at the end of the game, and it does get a little better towards the end. But um, I still feel like. Like, a good portion of the game is just, like, nonsense. Like, mm. storytelling. All right, well... Uh, so it's very repetitious, also, because you're constantly just going, like, the same quest over and over again. I was like, all right, I need you to knock out these thugs, and, you know, because it's like a rival drug gang kind of thing. Mm-hmm. And um, so the drug dealer's using your powers to, to get him um, further, like, in the ranks in the city. Uh-huh. To control, like, the whole, um, like, mafia war kind of thing. Oh, okay. How far along are you in the game? Do you, do you so I, I finished the game. It's only about six, four to six hours, maybe. Okay. It's a pretty short game if you just do one playthrough. I guess that's kind of typical for DLC content. Yeah, uh-huh. Mm-hmm. Um, but it is... Um, I'm only 50% done with it, even though I, I finished the game. In terms of, like, uh, achievements? Achievements. And unlockables yeah. and things? So you can go back and play some more. They also unlock, once you beat it, you unlock these, like, training missions. Mm-hmm. Where they put you, um, it's kind of like a uh, like gauntlet kind of thing. You know, mm-hmm. how many guys can you beat in this? Like, uh-huh. like Borderlands does those type of things. Right. Like those, you know, how many guys can you beat in a certain amount of time? Uh-huh. And then also, it links up to your original game. So if you have Infamous Second Son, you can use that. I think it's that character from that game in this game, too. Mm-hmm. And you can kind of, like, do those missions. So I guess that unlocks more of the game when you do that. But if you just want to do the main, like, storyline... The main campaign, that's about four to six hours. Okay. Yeah. Hmm. I better... Uh, so since this is the free game for this month, I better activate my PS Plus membership and yeah, get it. Yeah, totally. Yeah. And you gotta grab it. It's it's good. I wouldn't, I wouldn't say like, oh, you know, definitely you should mm-hmm. go out and play this right now. But yeah. if it's free, definitely give it a try. I have the yeah. PS3 infamous games, but I never put any time into them. So I have plenty to catch up on with this series. So this will be probably... <laughs> The last bit of it that I get to after the playing the full game. Yeah. Cool. Yeah, it'll be interesting to see um, if you've played some of the other games, what you think of this one. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it looked nice from what I saw, though. Yeah. Yeah, I also put on... So I've been holding off on Transformers Fall of Cybertron mm-hmm. for Xbox 360. Okay. I picked it up about two years ago. Yeah. I think it was during like a Black Friday sale. Uh-huh. And so, going back to the original, which was War for Cyber- War of Cybertron, I was a huge fan of that game. Right. And um, so I couldn't wait till they made a sequel. So they made the sequel, and uh, you know, you know, I, I never play games when they first come out, so I, I put it off for a long time. And I've been really like hyping myself up for this game. There's no rush to play because there's no other Transformers game really coming mm-hmm. out that's like decent quality. So I don't know if I overhyped myself with it or. 
I just, I'm looking, like, I'm thinking the original was better than I thought it was. Uh-huh. <laughs> but um, as I finally put it on this week. I was just in a mood. And I'm, so far, I'm, like, halfway through it. I'm a little disappointed with it. Hmm. Uh, in fact, I, I kind of almost hate it. <laughs> <laughs> What's different about it compared to the game you played before that you, that you like? Um, so these are the things that are annoying me about it. Number one, they change. I pretty sure they changed the control system on it. Mm-hmm. I feel like the game does not handle the same. Hmm. Like same the original, developer, I think. Yeah, it is the same developer. Yeah, and you know they seem like they use the same engine, it's the Unreal Engine, and you know, the graphics look just as good. Mm-hmm. But I feel like. Um, I don't know, like, I never remembered having any control issues, like, when I was playing Transforming and, like, the combat system. Yeah. But for some reason, in this version, I'm, like, I'm constantly fumbling with the controller, like, what button does what, and, you know, Transforming, and, like, just comfortably feeling, like, Mm -hmm. controlling my character. I I seem to remember the original game, you can choose, like, what um, Transformer you wanted to play with Uh each, each round. And in this one, no, it's like, you know, this campaign, you have to use this guy. And this campaign, you use oh, this so guy. Oh, they, so they decide for you. Yeah. Hmm. There's, I mean, the first game didn't have a lot of boss battles, but it did have some boss battles. And this one, I'm halfway through the game and no boss battles yet. Hmm. I fought, like, some, like, powerful robots. Not part of the, you know, the Transformers universe that we know of. But you do get Metroplex and he transforms in the very first scene and he <laughs> helps you out. Wow. But, it's, um, it's going big right out of the still, gate. It's still, like, it didn't seem as impressive of in the first game when you run into Omega Supreme uh-huh. and Trypticon. It just doesn't seem to be the same. I don't know. I'm not... I'm halfway through it. I'm kind of like, eh, I kind of wish the game's over by now. Wow. Harsh. Yeah, I'm a little disappointed. Maybe I just set myself up for a failure well, in this game. see how it goes. You're probably going to play it out, though, right? <laughs> oh, definitely. You know, I'm definitely going to hopefully finish yeah. it this week. I almost gave up on it on the second mission. I'm like, oh, this game kind of not that good mm. I'm gonna keep playing any um, any any positives though any like any favorite characters that you're happy to see in the no, game so far no. nothing huh nothing I don't the Combaticons I just started the Combaticons you know they showed Perceptor at one point but you don't actually get to play as him and you know Optimus Prime was like really clunky Bumblebee was okay Clipjumper seemed to be the best but he was doing like so you play as Clipjumper but it's like a spy mission you mm-hmm. gotta sneak up behind the the enemies and you know tap the button. Mm. And these are like the Cybertronian forms of most yeah. of these uh, characters. Yeah, that... everything takes place on Cybertron. Yeah, there's this whole weapon power up system that I haven't even bothered with. It didn't seem like it was necessary so far. In the first game, so you can go up to these weapons like turrets, and you can select to just yank the turret off the the system and use it as like a power weapon <laughs> and just walk around with it. Uh-huh. Can't do that in this game. Mm. You're just stuck with, like, one weapon. And so there's, like... I think there's, like, five weapons in the game total. And any any of your Transformers can use these same five weapons. Mm-hmm. So they're just scattered out throughout the game, and you can just pick them up as you go along. And I don't remember the first game like that. I don't remember that so much. I think... I th- I'm not sure if I have this game or not, actually. I think I might have gotten it on PC. I yeah. Mean, I have to double-check. I mean, it's still, like, a decent game yeah. as far as just Transformers go. But so far, I'm not liking it. Okay. But we'll see it once I'm done with it. I'll come back with further analysis. <laughs> Very good. But yeah, that's it. That's all I've been playing. All right. Well, I guess I'll um, I'll mention the game I've been uh, playing. I, I did actually finish it. So um, following up on the game that I talked about last time, I went ahead and um, jumped ahead to the uh, Genesis version of Castle of Illusion mm. after having played the... Uh, the Game Gear 
version. Okay. Um, so, you know, it, it's kind of, it starts off kind of in a similar place. Um, looks a little familiar. You start off in kind of like a forest stage. Um, and right off the bat, the things that struck me as different compared to the game I played previously was, for one thing, the jumping in this game is a lot floatier. Like, it feels like your character has much less weight to it. Mm. And it takes longer to kind of land where you're, you know, where you're jumping to. So I think uh, the mechanics of jumping are a little, feel just basically different. Um, thankfully, there's no timer on these levels. Oh, okay. <laughs> so that was the thing that kind of kind of um, pushed me along through the um, the previous version. Because that was your complaint about... Yeah, I, I kind of wasn't... The Master System one, right? Yeah, I wasn't really into that. That whole, like, you know, getting through the level, taking my time looking around the things. But then by the time I got to the end, I was, I was like, pushing up against the time limit. Mm-hmm. Um, and didn't even have time to finish some of the boss battles. Um, but so in this one, I can take more time exploring. Um, and overall, the game just feels a bit easier and a bit slower. Slower paced, you know? So I definitely think if you're looking for challenge, you probably want the uh, the, the Master System version over this one. Yeah. Even though this one's a lot nicer looking. Yeah. Definitely big improvement in the graphics, color palette. Um, uh, the music, you know, overall, a lot of similar tunes. You hear some familiar some tunes. But, you know, I guess the benefits from the Genesis uh, sound chip in this mm-hmm. one as well. And, you know, like like you mentioned before, the apple. Like, I'm just walking along, minding my own business, and all of a sudden this giant apple drops on me. So I, you know, got flattened by it, and then, you know, the second time around I knew better. <laughs> I guess in this one you're you're kind of doing the same thing. You're, you're getting to the end, trying to get all the gems so you can, like, build this bridge to um, try to rescue Minnie. The first boss was, like, this giant tree stump kind of looking thing. Oh, yeah. Um... Wasn't particularly challenging. Thought it was pretty easy. Knocked that out pretty well. Um, the second level was like very vertical, a very vertical design. You had to like kind of scale upwards. There was a kind of like a zigzag pattern. There's a lot of like jack in the box type enemies and like uh, soldiers, like wind up soldiers, that kind of design. Um, you get to the top and then, you know, you kind of get this key and then all of a sudden the whole level converts to like this slide. Like, you know, this like, um, like everything, like all the blocks like flatten out and you're mm. like sliding down uncontrollably. Um, <clears throat> so you're like, you know, picking up diamonds and stuff as you're falling. So you're trying to grab as many as you can. And it almost felt like a, like the speed, it was almost like, I felt like a, a Sonic stage or something like a stage from like a Sonic game. Mm. And then all of a sudden, like the next area you're like flipping upside down. Like this level had like all this, these mechanic where like the screen would just flip and then mm. you're like walking like on the ceiling or something. Yeah. I remember that, that effect seemed pretty cool back then because mm-hmm. the screen like kind of flattens first, right? It, like yeah. scales in and scales out sort of. Uh huh. Yeah. I thought that was cool for the time. Yeah. And, um, it wasn't too bad though. I mean, like it knocked out enemies for me most of the time when it happened. So uh, I didn't, I didn't mind that so much. Um, and then I get to this giant jack-in-the-box, like, clown type of enemy. Um, again, not too bad. Pretty pretty simple. I think the orange gem was at the end of that. So uh, I think after that, I, the next level was some kind of cave. Needed to do a little backtracking in this one. It was a little, it was a little difficult for me to navigate. I, I think I got lost pretty frequently. Um, because there was, like, these water spouts and stuff. Mm-hmm. Where, like, you kind of swim underwater. 
a couple of times and you have to go through these tunnels and some of them kind of overlap. So it's not like a hundred percent linear where you just go forward the whole time. Sometimes you have to like loop back and find the right path to get through. Um, this is where I guess the game started to get a little more challenging. Um, there were these like really aggressive bats on this level. And, um, I don't know, like this, this hopping amphibian boss was at the end of it. And, uh, I kind of had to really like, you know, work out the timing on this on how to like really throw, um, you know, whatever I was using to like knock them out. I guess the next level was like kind of a library setting. There was these, this giant letter a, Mm -hmm. (laughs) like that was like one of the enemies, which the Game Gear version was a little different. They had those enemies as well. But they would split apart into, like, smaller A's, and it would, they would, like, multiply if you were, like, uh, you know, once you uh, decided to stomp on them. So you probably, in, in that version, you're better off just kind of avoiding them. Otherwise, you're, you're going to get, like, swamped with, with those enemies. Um, this one, like, instead of a, a, t- a coffee cup, you've got, like, a milk bottle that you can mm-hmm. enter. Um, and that leads to like, I almost felt like a bonus stage. There's like, there's, it was like a land full of like cake. Uh-huh. <laughs> I think you would like that, right? I like that. Uh huh. Yeah. And, um, that side, it was almost like a side mission, but you do get a, a, a gem out of doing that. So it is, I guess, essential to clear because you do need to get that, but you get it with no boss fight. All you have to do is just navigate that, that portion of the level. Um, there's some cool, uh, parts back in the library where like you swing on these uh light switches and it like turns the lights on and off while you're doing it mm. it looked uh, it was just a cool graphical effect there are tea, there are teacups in this one too where you can jump in and like swim around and uh um i think the final battle though was in another milk bottle <laughs> who was the final boss in that in in this level yeah no, in the whole game. In the whole game? Was, I forget. Well, after this one, well, at the end of this one, you beat, like, a red dragon, right? And then after you beat that, you go on to the last level. So there's only five levels of the whole game. Mm. Um, you go to the top of the castle, basically, and it's this, um, it's the witch from, like, I guess from Sleeping Beauty, maybe, it looks like? That's what it looked like mm, to I me. Don't, I don't know my Disney. Yeah, <laughs> me neither. It's the one that's, like, kind of got, like, a long black gown with, like, a cowl. All right. Sounds like a witch to me. Yeah, exactly. Um, the last level in the game is pretty challenging, I thought. Like, uh, there's, like, there's like night with, like, um, like a lot of poison pools that you can mm-hmm. fall into. So you kind of want to avoid that. Um, there's some swimming portions as well in this one. And uh, it really gets... You get into, like, sort of like a clock tower area. So there's, like, a lot of spinning, like... Um, um, cogs and like, um, you know, there's like more of those bats diving in at you while you're trying to like navigate because the cogs are spinning and it's kind of like forcing you to run uh, like against the, uh, the, the, the force of the spin. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> but, um, you know, eventually you just get to the top and, um, the boss battle is, um, there's like kind of like a mini boss you have to beat first is he's kind of like a giant and he's got like kind of a slow lumbering jump. <laughs> He tries to swipe at you, and, you know, the funny thing is he gets, like, more visibly mad the more you hit him. Like, you have to hit him, like, I think, uh, maybe, like, six times to beat him. So he gets, like, more angry looking at the more you hit him. And, um, but once you finally beat him, it's it's fairly easy fight. You get the last gem, and um, that's when you go and fight the witch. Um, she teleports around. Not too, not too, 
you know, I mean, fairly predictable. I think ideally you want to, you want her to like teleport low. This way you have like kind of the advantage of being above her and then you can, you know, hit her on the head. Same as all the other bosses pretty mm-hmm. much. Um, so that was kind of it. That was the whole game and, uh, it didn't really take that long. I was surprised. It was fairly short. Yep. <clears throat> A lot of those games from that generation. Mm-hmm. Two, three hours sometimes. Yeah. Yeah, pretty simple. Mm-hmm. Um, I would say my biggest negative for this whole game, though, was probably the music. I just did not, yeah, ca- just, didn't. just did not care for the music mm. in this game at all. A little too, I don't know, just no, no notable tunes. Okay, kind of um, not catchy. Yeah, I mean, I don't know. I guess they were going for like a like a fairy tale, cartoony sort of soundtrack, but I don't know, just didn't appeal to me. So what's next? Are you going to go through the whole Illusion catalog? I might. I might. Um, I'm tempted to see what the rest of them look like, so I might stick with it. And then you're just doing the, you're not going to do like um, the Mickey Mouse Fantasia game, or are you just sticking with the Illusion games? Uh, I'm going to stick with Illusion for now okay. and see how the whole series um, feels. Because I really want to... I, I feel like before I delve into the modern remake, I want to have um, sort of the experience of having played the games that right that came before it mm-hmm. so okay so that's really my motivation for wanting to do that <laughs> if okay, i need one at all continue, then. yeah yeah so we'll see okay so i guess with that we'll we'll probably move on to some of the latest there's news. a lot of news this week yeah right so we'll see what we can cover anything um, uh, notable or yeah well they started releasing some financials this week some numbers mm-hmm. um some good mostly not too good mm-hmm. um gamestop reported a three billion dollar holiday season which is pretty astounding to me it sounds good i mean i can't imagine that they make that much but that's a pretty big number it is pretty big but Mm -hmm. i guess i don't know it it sounds big but when you break down the numbers it's Mm -hmm. not as good as it sounds Mm because it is still a decline right uh, apparently, it's down six six point seven percent from uh, last year, from the year oh, before. Yeah, the year before, two thousand thirteen. Right? So the software sales grew, which kind of makes sense because there's a lot more consoles on the market uh-huh. now than there were before. Right. But um, new hardware declined. Hmm. That's interesting, though. I wonder why. I, I mean, it sounds like good in the sense that it's better than what I thought it was going to be. Hmm. <laughs> but uh, I don't know if it's what what they wanted. The numbers they wanted. <clears throat> well, I think apparently, I think what it turns out to is because of the, a lot of the discounts that were happening this year compared to the year before, mm-hmm. basically they're taking less money because the consoles were cheaper. Yeah. I think yeah, that's, that's what they kind of attributed to, which is kind of interesting. I guess is you know, we're still kind of in a phase where a lot of people haven't picked up the new systems, so there's still more growth to be had. And uh, we'll see where that goes. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Well, I guess we can... Also mentioned that the Xbox One uh, is back down to 350 again. Yeah, and we don't know if that's in response to sales being not so good or sales being great. So mm-hmm. we don't know the, the reasoning behind it. Yeah, I mean, it's weird though because they, you know, I guess when the promotion ended uh-huh. following the new year, uh, it bounced back to 399 for two weeks. Yeah, and, and now all of a sudden they're dropping it to 349 again. They're calling it a promotion. But we, they didn't give any end date for it, so nope. I don't know. They can, they can almost cons- you can almost consider this an official price drop without them really calling it that because they're kind of just leaving it open ended. 
Yeah, pretty much. Yeah, so I don't know. I guess they're, I guess they're happy with the results, uh, being number one. Yeah, I mean, even if they, I mean, two weeks is not a good gauge of oh, our system's not selling anymore at, at four hundred because it was like the two weeks after right. Christmas, which yeah. doesn't really count. From what I've read, it seems like they're pretty successful at that three fifty number, and I don't think that's going to change until they have a firm grasp on that generation of right. consoles. Hmm. Fair enough. Yep. Well, apparently, I guess um, the Wii U had its best uh, month so far as well, even though um, overall they didn't uh, hit the kind of numbers that the other two were getting. Mm-hmm. This is still their best showing so far. Well, I mean, it should be. This is their, we're going into the third year. Mm-hmm. And, you know, you want, I mean, by your third year, you should be kind of almost peaking at your, yeah, right. the highest sales you can possibly do. Right. Yeah, I mean... Plus, they're coming off a really bad 2014, um, 13. 2013 was not good. Mm-hmm. Yeah, apparently 29% better in 2014 overall uh, for, in terms of sales. Um, I guess it makes sense. They've had, they, had their, they had their big software out, their big games. Yeah, this was their big year for software. Uh-huh. Mm-hmm. So it looks like they've got 2015 pretty well sketched out. I guess um, Amiibos will continue to push the system along. Their Amiibos are selling very well. In some ways, uh, better than their software. <laughs> uh-huh. I think they're doing better on the Amiibos, which makes sense. And we kind of figured, you know, the toy line is more accessible to everybody, even if you don't own the consoles. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I guess we'll see how the new 3DS does. Um, they did finally announce it for the U.S. Um, the new 3DS, yeah. Yeah, uh-huh. yeah. So apparently there was, uh, you know, there was a new Nintendo Direct this week. Yep. Um, on... Uh, I guess it was January 14th. And uh, they talked about various things. So I guess we could maybe dig into that a little bit. Sure. Um, we're not going to go through the whole thing. No. There's plenty of places you can get that information, but uh, these are the kind of the things that kind of stood out for yeah, us. Yeah, I guess they wanted to just map out 2015 a little bit for people who maybe just got the console or mm-hmm. kind of wondering what's Nintendo up to this year. Yeah. At least until E3 hits. So, um... Do you want to? They, they, they covered a lot of indie games, you know, downloadable games. You know what's in, what's on tap. Um, some games that just got released this week. Um, three big games they released were uh, Wii Virtual Console games. Yeah, right. I noticed that they um, they said that they're going to be you're going to be able to launch Wii U game uh, Wii games, regular Wii games, on the Wii U directly from the Wii U menu without having to go into Wii mode. Yeah, which is kind of big because you mm-hmm. know it's kind of a pain to switch. From Wii U to Wii, Wii mode right. all the time. Right. So you're going to get Punch-Out from the Wii Metroid Trilogy. Metroid Prime Trilogy, right? Right. And then the, um, what's the other one? Uh, Mario Galaxy 2. Two. Yes. Yeah. And that's available right now. Mm-hmm. And for $10 each. So I think that's pretty affordable. It's not too bad. Especially, uh, especially Metroid Prime Trilogy. Yeah. That yeah. was kind of a hot game for a long time. Yes, it and was. It was yeah. difficult to find. And especially it was one of those games where you could not pirate it back in the day because <laughs> not easily. Yeah, it was it was a it was a tricky game to pirate. The same thing with Mario Galaxy Two at the time. Well, I mean, the thing is, even to buy the game, it was it came in like a kind of limited packaging, and it kind yeah. of went out of print. And they did reprint it for a while. I think GameStop had reprints of the game, oh, yeah? 
but they kept the price high on that. I think even that like even sixty or something. It was I think at least fifty. Mm. Even even today, I think that's still how much it is. So this under, undercuts them quite a bit to be able to get it for ten bucks. So I think that's uh, pretty good for people that want to play it again. Yeah, yeah. Not too bad. Um, let's see. I think you finally got one of your wishes. Right. So they announced the next wave of Amiibos. Mm-hmm. And Pac-Man is one of them. <laughs> which, I mean, we pretty much could have... It wasn't really like, uh-huh. you know, we assumed that was going to be... It looks like they're going for the full Smash yeah, roster. Yeah, that's going to be out there. Uh-huh. So... Right, cool. I'll, I'll be grabbing that when that comes out. Mm-hmm. And they also talked about Super Mario Brothers Amiibos specifically. These are kind of, they're reissuing, I guess. Some of, I mean, not really a reissue, but it's just a new design for some of the existing ones that yeah, are already Yeah, so you're going to have like another Mario, but he's going to be a different pose. Yeah, but still functions the same as the one that's already out. I th- yeah. I'm pretty yeah, sure. Yeah, so like, I mean, sort of, so the original Amiibos are kind of like Smash Brother themed Amiibos. Right. And now we're going to have... Uh, like Super Mario themed amiibos, like more traditional yeah. looking designs. So you'll have like Princess, you'll have Toad, mm-hmm. Bowser, more in the traditional Mario Brothers style. Yep. Right. And some people are a little upset about that <laughs> because it's like, oh, now I have to buy two Marios already. It's like, no, you don't you have know, to. There's so many. Well, they. <laughs> some people feel like there's so many Nintendo characters in the universe. Mm-hmm. Why are, are we already reissuing? Yeah. The same names, well, you know. Why, mean, why do we need another Peach already? They said, they, they, they kind of alluded to this early on. They said that, you know, these are these are staple characters. We're going to keep them always available. Sure. Um, and, you know, maybe it'll be a different uh, uh, sculpt so that if you, you know, already have the old one, maybe you want a new one that you can pick up. Mm-hmm. So here's like an alternative view. And um, if all you're interested in is the functionality, maybe you don't need to pick another one up. Right, yeah. Um, except... We found out with the talk of um, uh, Mario Party 10, which was also brought up, mm-hmm. that the game is also going to support Amiibos yeah. as well. Um, however, we're already reaching the point where the data storage <laughs> on the Amiibos are getting capped out. Even though it just started, like it just came out, and mm-hmm. it's already... So this right. NFC chip technology is a lot more limited than we were led to believe. <laughs> And uh, I'm really, I'm really surprised at that because so there's one of the selling points of of you know these amiibos is yeah. like hey you know they're not just for specifically for one game you can you've got a, a figure that you can now use across multiple games but mm-hmm. as we're finding out the if you want to be able to use your Mario f- amiibo for example the one that you've been using for Smash and you now want to use it in Mario Party 10 you might have to erase the data. That's yeah, on. Yeah. That's on. That's stored on there yeah. to be able to use it across. So I guess this is one reason why they're introducing new characters. So now you can buy multiple amiibos for the same character, mm-hmm. so you can use them across multiple games. That's kind of a disappointing mm-hmm. thing about it, right? But it's the way. So unlike Skylanders, which you know also uses NFC technology, and that just really unlocks like a character in the game. It's a very simple one-purpose mm-hmm. sort of solution. Whereas the Mario, like the Nintendo Amiibos do a little bit more, like they take it a step further yep. and provide other functionality, and that uses up different, me- I guess, memory blocks in the, the chipset. I don't know how that works exactly. Mm-hmm. And that's where the problem comes in. So people are, you know, 
sort of upset only because they were promised that, you know, this one amiibo was going to work with so many games. And yet now it does, it's true, but in, you know, now you have to sacrifice your game save or whatever, like, progress you, you made using that amiibo. Yeah, I wonder if there's going to be some Strange. way to maybe back up that data before you remove it. <laughs> yeah, right. I, I don't know. I don't know. I mean, maybe... maybe... I mean, long-term, this seems problematic, because we're only, like, four games in yeah. of compatibility, and there's already, you know, you're going to have to already delete mm-hmm. your progress on your other amiibo. Yeah, I and mean... Then, uh, say you do buy multiple. Say you say, well, I don't want to delete my Smash Brother Mario, so I'm going to buy another Mario. Mm-hmm. Now, how are you going to keep track and say, well, this is the <laughs> one I use for Smash. This is the one I use for this game. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I guess you're just going to have to know. And that just gets expensive. I mean, that's crazy. Uh, I guess if it's important to you, that's the fun I guess, part of it. I don't know. <laughs> this whole Amiibo thing is kind of weird to me. Uh-huh. Right. Yeah, so... Uh, I'd rather just... You know, pay the three or four bucks as a download or whatever it could be. I don't see why not. DLC, yeah. That should be an option. But I guess I'd rather sell you a $12 figure. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I noticed they had, they talked a little bit about the Sega 3D Classics on uh, 3DS. So they're releasing Afterburner 2 mm-hmm. in 3D. Yeah. And as, did any of those catch your eye, though? Anything that would tempt you to maybe want to pick up a 3DS to be able to play some of those? All of these are pretty tempting. Mm-hmm. Um, the, the big one was Thunderblade mm-hmm. in 3D. No, I'm still not sold on this 3D concept. <laughs> right. So this is where, like, I'm curious to see the new 3DS, because my, my com- biggest complaint about the original was that as soon as you're not focused, like, directly at the screen, in that it kind of looks like it breaks up. Yeah, right. And where the new 3DS is going to fix that problem. So I'm curious to see how that looks. Right, yeah. Reggie came on during one of his segments and explained how the head tracking works. And it actually will adjust. It's going to follow you wherever you go. Yeah. So, you know, he even acknowledged that some people turn the 3D off completely because of the effect that you mentioned. I think most people Mm -hmm. from I've spoken to. It seems worse on the 3DS XL because the screen is bigger. Mm -hmm. It's more likely to somehow... Like like, shifting, right? Yeah. Like because the normal one has a smaller screen, it's easier to kind of keep it in the right view. But because it's bigger, that translates into a narrower spot for the 3D to work effectively. Yeah. So I guess with the camera, they're using a camera trick there to kind of figure out what angle you're looking at it from, and it kind of shifts the 3D elements in the screen to actually match that, which is pretty impressive. I think that's a pretty interesting idea. It sounds it. That's why I'll be curious when they set that up mm-hmm. on the kiosks. Yeah. So we did see... Um, so yeah, I mean, you know, obviously the 3DS, the new 3DS is coming, yeah. um, I guess, February 13th, I think is the date they picked Something up. like that, yep. And... Um, you know, it's coming in. We 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 saw four different designs introduced. We saw a black, a red design for mass market. We saw a limited edition Majora's Mask version mm-hmm. coming, which apparently sold out in no time flat. Yeah, yeah. Um, uh, personally, I didn't care for the design of this one. It's, yeah, well, it's gold to match like the, the Zelda. That theme. seems to be the thing to make anything Zelda make it gold. Mm-hmm. Um, even though Majora is like a very kind of gloomy game. Yeah, um, had a very purple rich kind of logo originally. I would have liked to seen that that mm-hmm. color palette for the 3ds. Yeah, just Majora. to give us a different one compared but, to but the if one you, we got. But if you go back to the other Zelda themed 3ds's, mm-hmm. they're all gold. Right. Right. Unfortunately. Um, yeah, I mean, my chief complaint with all of these systems is that, you know, the the graphic is upside down when you flip the, the lid up, which doesn't make sense to me. No. It, it feels doesn't. like um, 
you know, I mean, just look at anything else with a lid, you know, a laptop, let's say you put the laptop lid up and the logo on the other side is right side up. Yeah. That's Um, how it should be. Makes sense to me, but I guess apparently I don't get it. It faces uh, Nintendo takes the opposite approach where the design faces you, the owner. And then when you flip it up, you know, you don't see it anymore and it's just upside down for everybody else. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Which is even more mind boggling because the regular new 3DS, the smaller one, the one that we're not getting in the U.S. for now, um, they've got faceplate designs for it, which do follow. I really like that. I was, which are right, you know, right side up. Yeah, and they, that's one of the reasons why I liked it because uh-huh. they were right side up, and I thought the designs were really cool, and I like the idea of I don't want to have to buy a console whenever they do something like a cool design. Right. You know, maybe, I maybe you can customize the, it. Yeah. So. Mm-hmm. And to me, like. It, that seemed to be a bigger market, like to be able to sell, you know, 50 different faceplates. Yeah, right. For your 3DS. But, um, yeah, it's not coming here. At least they didn't announce anything. We'll see. So we'll see down the line. Maybe they want to phase out the 2DS. Who knows? Or maybe there's still a lot of 3DSs in stores. Yeah. 3DSs. Well, they did, they did try to give an excuse here for this, um, if you want to call it an excuse. Yeah. Um, but they basically, their, their statement was different territories make their own business decisions regarding individual products and timing. And we think the new Nintendo 3DS XL makes the most sense for our market, meaning the U S market. Yeah. Um, Nintendo makes different systems at different price points for a whole range of consumers. And the new 3DS XL expands those choices even further. Sure. So for now they're all about the XL. Yep. Um, um, yeah, so a couple other issues with the new XL that have <laughs> popped up. Uh-huh. They're not in giving you the adapter to charge your machine anymore. Right. Yeah. They so, pulled it out of the box, so, which was kind of stunning to me. Well, I guess I guess they're looking at it as a, a cost-saving measure. They, they guess they figure... You may already have several of these adapters because... How can uses, they make that assumption? Because it uses, uses the same adapter that the previous 3DS does. Yeah, but if you already have a 3DS, why would you buy another one? Well, the they... Chance, the, the idea is if you're buying a 3DS XL, you do not have this. So this is why you're buying it. I think their their research probably shows that a lot of... They get a lot of repeat business. Um, this is the same I adapter. The same adapter goes back all the way to the DSi. So even even going back that far, if you still have one of those systems, I do you, not. You can. <laughs> you do not. So this is a problem for you. This is a problem course. for me. This is why I'm angry. Mm-hmm. I see. I just feel like this is a way for you to have to spend another twenty dollars to buy an adapter for this thing. Uh huh. Yeah. The other thing that occurred to me throughout all this is if they're going to assume that I have. If I already have a 3DS or multiple 3DSs, then why is it that I can only associate my Nintendo Network ID with one 3DS at a time? Right. I can't associate it with multiple consoles. Right. So that's a bit of a contradiction to Mm -hmm. me. Yep. Um, And, you know... They haven't released details yet on how that's going to work, the transferring of... Right. Right. And I, I think the other thing is... Um, all right, let's say they want to they not include this adapter. Mm-hmm. Why not change that plug then to be just micro USB, which is what a variety of well, other devices... Well, that's what I originally thought when they said, oh, we're not going to give the charger. I'm thinking, oh, no big deal. You know, it's micro USB. Just plug mm-hmm. it into, you know, I have a thousand right. USB plugs or my computer and just charge it up. But no, it uses a proprietary plug right. on it. A proprietary connector. Yeah. Right, because because obviously they want you to keep using the Nintendo power adapter yep. that they've designed. 
because I guess it's got specific power requirements. Um, but yeah, I guess why not? Why, I mean, if it was micro USB, actually, it would benefit another complaint about this system, which is the uh, SD card. Right. So now they went. They changed from the standard SD card, which had a to, slot on. Yes. The original. Yeah, it had XL. Uh huh. And they went to the micro USB, which uh-huh. is a micro SD card. My micro SD, which is tremendously smaller. Uh huh. Right. And and now it's kind of internal. There's no like slot that you can get to to use that card. Yeah. In order to change out the memory, it's card. almost like a SIM card because. How they screw in SIM cards, like it's right. a, unscrew it now. Yeah, so you actually have to take off the cover of the back of the yeah. 3DS where the battery is stored to get to the SD card. It's definitely not like user friendly as far as mm-hmm. adding more memory. Right. So I mean, it's it's bundled with a four gig card, uh, which for people that have a lot of content is not going to be enough. So they're they're going to have to change out that card to get, you know, like a 32 gig card in there, which is what most people would want for like a, you know, to be able to download more content. Yeah. Um, now, obviously, if the micro USB port was on there, you could use that as a way to transfer content off of the internal card. So maybe you wouldn't have to yeah, right. swap it, mm-hmm. you know, but again, that functionality is nope. not there. Um, yeah, you do need a special screwdriver, too. <laughs> I mean, this isn't just like, it's not oh, a normal let me look in my drawer for a screwdriver. This is like a special, you know, mm-hmm. Phillips number zero or something like that. Yeah. So, to me, this whole thing seems like super problematic for them, especially near the holidays when kids are going to get this thing for Christmas. Mm. They're going to open it up out of the box and it's not going to work because there's no charger. And now the parents are going to be like, what do you mean there's no charger? And they're going to go back to the store and say, this thing didn't have the charger in the box. Let me get another one. You yeah. Know? Or they're going to say, well, you know, I want to put an SD card in. How do I do it? There's no screwdriver. There's no slot. Right. They're going to call Nintendo. It's going to be, to me, it seems like a big headache. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, it's, the, it seems like these are just, I mean, these are minor things in the scheme of things, but it still feels like a, you know, just like a bit of friction against the consumer. Yeah. I mean, I don't know. I, I, kids who might have downloaded games on their other 3DS, uh-huh. maybe they wanted to upgrade, you know, over the year. And now they're like, oh, how do I get my games on this? And, you know, it's not as easy as they thought. Mm-hmm. You know, for a little kid, it may not be something they can do. You know, the parents have to do it. And sure. that's yeah. going to get this more complicated. Delicate, <laughs> delicate operation. Uh-huh. Yeah. yeah. Um, I mean, they say they're doing it be- to save the consumer money. They're like, why bundle in another yet another adapter that you may already have? We're we're just doing this to save you some a few bucks. And if you do need one, we are going to offer it separately. God, those things cost like a penny to make. Give me a break. You would think. If, if it, they told me <laughs> that thing costs more than $1 to uh-huh. make, I would be shocked. I mean... The, the quantity they make those in, I don't buy it. <laughs> I don't believe that's the reason. They're charging the same one ninety nine that they charged before for the, the 3ds xl yeah so you're getting an upgraded console for the same price but i mean granted the 3ds xl were have been on sale for over a year now mm-hmm. you could typically pick them up between 150 to 180 at mm-hmm. any given time yeah there have been numerous sales that's true yeah. i'm sure we'll see sales on this one as we get closer yeah. to the next holiday season so you never know well I, I guess know. so. For hardcore fans, I think you're in good shape. Uh huh. For 
kids and maybe new owners. Yeah. It's not a good... It's a grim picture. Uh-huh. <laughs> well, I guess um, I should also mention the the fourth model, the fourth choice... Oh, yeah. What is that? That is going to be tr- the, uh, on offer is going to be a Monster Hunter-themed... Oh, right. Um, like a brush uh, 3DS XL. Yeah. Uh, this one does come with the game. So this one's going to be $30 more. It's going to be two twenty nine. Mm-hmm. But it does gonna it is gonna come with the Monster Hunter game, which unlike the Majora Mask version, which right. is not coming with the game. Correct. Enough. <laughs> That's right. It's only you're only paying you're not paying extra for it. It's the same price as the other ones. It just has that special just, theme, theme the, to it. Yeah, it's just the graphic. Uh huh. Yeah, and uh, the other one has a kind of a yeah, like you mentioned, it has kind of a brushed metal appearance mm-hmm. to it. Um, it's got some kind of Monster Hunter logo on it, which. Even when that's upside down, my my upside down criticism of that one is not as severe because it just looks like some weird symbol. It doesn't really um, look like anything to me. I mean, even though it looks like kind of like a dragon's head, sort of, if you look at it the right way. Um, but I don't know. I guess if I had to pick a special one, I would probably choose that one over yeah, you like the that Zelda one, right? one. a mm-hmm. little better. Although it is plastic, though it's not actually brushed metal. <laughs> well, right, <laughs> sure, okay. Um, but yeah, I think um, even the normal colors though seem fine. I mean, right now I have a, a regular red, red and black like 3ds XL. I don't have a, any special one. Mm. Um, I kind of like the look of that one. So I might I might lean on in that direction, but still, I guess if I'm going to pick a special one, <laughs> I'd say the Monster Hunter one is worth considering. I think that's a GameStop exclusive too. Mm, okay. So, so those those aren't going to be everywhere. Uh, but uh, yeah, so that's kind of it for the direct in terms of news that stood out for me. I don't know if you had anything else. Not really. I mean, they didn't really dive into like Zelda or like a Zelda release date for the Wii U. Yeah, we only. We or we'll probably hear about that at E3. Star yeah. Fox and. Yeah, right now they're all about uh, Majora's Mask. Uh, what, one thing that, other last thing that I would say that stood out a little bit was the Mario versus Donkey Kong game, mm-hmm. Tipping Stars. Yeah. That's going to have cross. Compatibility, cross-play? Right. So if you... Cross-buy, for one thing. Well, this, we're using Sony play. terms yeah. here for this <laughs> Nintendo true. game. Nintendo didn't call it, actually call it that. But what they did say was that they explained that if you buy it for Wii U, you get a free copy for the 3DS yes. as well. Which I thought that was cool. Right. And then I think they also said that, yeah, it's going to have a level design feature. That you can share. That users can share with each other and will also work... So if you make a system. game on the Wii U version and you have a 3DS, mm-hmm. you can actually download that Wii U level right. design onto your 3DS. Pretty cool. Yeah. It's a nice... It's a good... I hope this is a trend that they go into uh-huh. with their, some of their games. Right. Especially once the Mario Maker comes out. Mm-hmm. So I definitely, you know, I think that's a huge incentive. You can play it on your 3DS and also on your Wii U and also make level designs on both. Right. So we'll see. I don't know. It's, um, I know this was definitely a goal that they mentioned in with, um, you know, when there was, when there were rumors swirling of Nintendo's next gen systems, both console and handheld, Mm -hmm. they were talking about creating a common framework so that it was easy to create games for both home system and handheld. So I think they're definitely, they've definitely got that in mind already that they definitely want to have more synergy and more cross compatibility between their home systems and their their portables. So yeah. uh, one one thing I have to say though, like seeing that new 3ds, like mm-hmm. the video shots and everything. Yeah, the clips. 
it looks like graphically, it looks really bad to me. It looks really outdated. Mm-hmm. The like the jagged edges on everything, like they call it in, in the new 3ds. And I know it's like not really a graphical overhaul. You know, it's still the same console, right? But I don't know. Like it just looks like something from 10 years ago. Mm-hmm. Like are people like really going to get excited about that? I don't know. Like I'm playing <clears throat> games in like super high resolution on iPhones and iPads and uh-huh. Android devices and the games look beautiful on there. They look like, you know, almost last gen console experience. Mm-hmm. And then I look at that 3DS and it's like, uh, I don't know, those games look It's still the same the screen polygons resolution. are so poor. Yeah, I guess, uh, you know, I mean, I, I, listen, I, I granted, I, I mean, I believe that games aren't all about graphics. You know, I totally mm-hmm. believe that. That's it's about to put you in your place. About no, that. no, that's true. Yeah. I mean, it has nothing to do with graphics. <laughs> uh-huh. I'm just saying to wow, like the consumer mm-hmm. to me, it's not a good incentive when I see that mm-hmm. those graphics are just like, so it looks like PlayStation one era to me. So you're going back 20 years even. <laughs> it looks bad. I don't know. Uh-huh. It could be because it was blown up on the TV because we're watching on right. the, the Nintendo Direct on a TV. I don't know. I'll see it in person and decide. Mm. Okay. Just had to add that in. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. I know you uh, You definitely took note of that during the presentation. Uh, well, I guess there's another bit of Nintendo news to talk about. Um. This uh, recent eBay listing for this uh, stadium, stadium event sure. game uh, was kind of in the news. Um, so I don't know. I mean, you know, it's always interesting to me when like mainstream media picks up on this stuff. So I, I did notice an article in the Daily News about the New York this. Daily News published an article. They must be desperate for news. <laughs> I know they were talking about you know the big headline was like uh, you know this Nintendo fitness game expected to sell for over a hundred thousand dollars on eBay. Yes, yeah, so now everyone likes like oh I got some Nintendo games in a box somewhere. I'm sure they're all uh-huh. digging it out and looking for what game is worth a hundred thousand dollars right now. Yeah, so I mean you know as it turns out it did not sell for anywhere no. near a hundred thousand no. dollars. I mean Stadium Events, as people who are into collecting may know, is you know one of those highly sought after rare games. I mean sought after just because of its rarity, not because of its gameplay uh, necessarily. It's funny. I'll tell you a story about that when. I was a, like, rabid Nintendo collector mm-hmm. of, of NES games back then. This is when it first came out. It was featured in an ad with, like, uh, I think it was, like, with Muscle and Chuck, Chubby Cherub and the other Bandai games. Uh-huh. And, you know, Stadium Events was always there, and I always wanted to get this game, because I was always into, like, getting every Nintendo game, or at least, like, at least seeing it in a store and looking at it. So that game just never came out, and I was wondering, I was like, how come there's never stadium events? Like, whatever happened to that game? Right. And it wasn't only until, like, the last maybe five or ten years that I, I, you know, I figured out, like, what happened, like, the whole story behind that game. I never knew. Mm-hmm. I always looked for that game, I never could find it. So it's it's interesting, you know. Yeah, it was, uh, apparently, well, this one... The rarity of this game and why it is so rare. Right, I mean, it's, um... It's meant to be used with a fitness pad, I guess. You know, the precursor, the you could pad, say. Yeah. Well, right. Mm-hmm. You could say it's almost the, the you know, the, the so, early version of the Wii Balance Board, almost. <laughs> well, yeah, well, Bandai came up with this device. It uh-huh. was the fitness pad with stadium events. Right. And then Nintendo uh, acquired the rights to it mm-hmm. after Bandai already came, you know, produced it and released it. Mm-hmm. So that's why they had to recall the stadium events game, because some of them were already released to the market. And then they rebranded it under the Nintendo name. Mm-hmm. Yeah, right. So this is like the Bandai version. Yeah. So 
Um, they only made, I mean, they didn't make that many to begin with, but some of them, you know, already were leaked out into the public. So that's how there are some available that you mm-hmm. see floating around somewhere. So it was only, I think it's only like 500 to maybe 2000 on the market, maybe mm. that were released. Yeah. So I, small amount, I guess the final bid on this was $35,100 is what it finally sold for. Um, and apparently the person that sold it is somebody that used to work at Nintendo. So I guess he had got, he acquired a copy of the game just by, you know, if you work at the company, you might get some free games yeah, you out never of it. know what's lying around in those companies. <laughs> and somehow, despite having worked there, um, didn't have any idea of the value of the game until fairly recently. Um, but since he didn't work there anymore, he was allowed to sell it because it's personal property at that point. Mm-hmm. Um, they had, Apparently, we found out, you know, through, um, uh, I guess, uh, a GameSpot article. Uh, that they did. They did. They had a short conversation with the seller. And, um, you know, I guess they had, Nintendo has a policy in place that prohibits employees from selling any games that they get through through their job. I think any company is like that. Yeah, right? Pretty if much. If you use the system, then you sure. can. Sure. <laughs> exactly. I mean, people might think that. Like, you know, they must think, oh, man, you work for Nintendo, you must get a ton of free games. Yeah, yeah. You know? <laughs> But, uh, yeah, obviously, yeah, they do limit what you can do with those games, even if you do get them. Um, so, yeah. So, yeah, so a lot of those bids on the original auction were what they call troll bids. Mm-hmm. So people with fake accounts were bidding it up just to, you know, just to ruin the guy's auction. Right. <laughs> right. And overinflate it. There's always people like that. So those bids got deleted and then dropped down to 34000 Yeah, they uh, they limited it to just registered, you know, oh, okay. use the bidders with, with an actual... Feedback so, and history. Thirty them. and thirty-four thousand is not the highest that game has gone for, mm-hmm. considering this was a sealed version and graded. It was VGA graded, I believe. Mm-hmm. So that was kind of low because there was a copy that was um, that went for forty thousand right. on eBay. Forty-four, yeah, yeah. So I guess yeah, I guess it depends on how many more collectors are out there that wanna that have this kind of money to throw around. Um. It's always surprising that people do, but I guess if you're going for a complete set, this is going to be on your list. Yeah, why not? Why limit yourself? <laughs> I'm going to limit myself. Are you? It's <laughs> <laughs> so what? Just the EverDrive cartridge and that's it? <laughs> <laughs> that's good enough for me, for now. That sounds good. Uh, so, I think we've got another little uh, nugget of news we wanted to mention. That yeah, this was kind of interesting, I thought. That the uh, the PSP, apparently, has, still has updates coming out for it. PSP? <laughs> they don't make that anymore. Uh-huh. Yeah. So, so they're still supporting. So, this is where Sony's work is going right now. Their mm-hmm. hard work. I guess so. They're like, hey, wait a minute, we're going to still work on this PSP. Uh, this is uh, this is version six point six one that came out. Yeah. Apparently, this um, it's only in Japan, and apparently, just all it's it, they don't really give any specifics about it. Just that it pr- improves system stability or performance. Even though a game hasn't been released in what at least two years, maybe. Uh, apparently, there are some new PSP games really? still out trickling here. out. I mean, they're you know they're they're. Digital only, I think, at this point. Okay. Um, but this is the first update that they've put out in three and a half years That's for the insane. system. So Now, do we know if this update breaks any of the modding capabilities? Um, of? I don't know. I didn't see anything, any comments okay. to that effect. Yeah. Yeah, but apparently there are still games coming, so... Amazing that that's still being supported. I think the PSP gets a 
doesn't really, you know, it, it's not considered a widely successful system, but it, it kind of is if you really it, look at yeah. the numbers. Yeah. I mean, uh, they well, sold. The problem is anything compared to Game Boy is not, or, or you know, 3DS. Yeah. Well, just, that's just it. You can't even, like, it just pales. Even if it does well, it still looks like it does bad because <laughs> Nintendo uh, owns that market. Well, to be honest, the 3DS at this point, I think it's somewhere in the 40 million range. Mm-hmm. It still hasn't caught up to the PSP. So, PSP has sold over 60 million in its lifetime. So it's getting there. It's still half of what the the original DS did. But, you know, it's, uh, it was very popular in Japan, especially. So. I, I heard that you still see people using them, like on the subways and stuff. <laughs> you, hear, you hear that might I, happen? I've heard this rumor, yeah. It's probably all Monster Hunter players. <laughs> what is it? Monster Hunter players. Oh, yeah, you think so? That was huge. Sure. Especially on the, on the trains. Mm. People would, you know, get into battles with anonymous riders on the train who knew... Where? But that sounds like rough. I don't know if I want to go to Japan. Sounds like a scary place. Uh, you know, these are virtual battles. Oh, all right. So you don't have to worry too much. <laughs> right. um, well, I think there's one final thing that we wanted to mention. And uh, this just, I wanted to include this just because I thought it was kind of surprising. I had no idea that there was this much support for Shadowrun. I didn't either. No. Um, I didn't know Shadowrun was as... I, I knew it had that cult following. Yeah. So, apparently, there was... Shadowrun Returns was a new yeah. Shadowrun game that came out um, not that long ago. And, uh, apparently, this is uh, another sequel that got funded on Kickstarter in uh, two hours' time. Apparently, they hit their goal. Which is pretty shocking to me. And... Do you have you ever played any of these games? I played it on, I believe, Genesis. Mm-hmm. I had that one, and I didn't care for it. Not your type of game. No, not at all. I played it for about an hour or two, and uh-huh. that was done. Interesting. Well, I mean, they have this new game is called Chatter on Hong Kong. Okay. And they had said, wait, where a, does it take place? I'm gonna guess it's somewhere in Asia. Oh, okay. <laughs> they had a hundred thousand dollar goal. Which they hit in no time flat, and I guess um, you know, yeah. I guess they've got they've got extended goals. It's all crazy the way up how to like some 000. games with like low goals, even like ten thousand, don't get funded. Right, that are like pretty big names, and then you have games like Shadowrun, which are not considered like mainstream games mm-hmm. with huge goals, and those get funded. It's yeah. amazing. Yeah, I guess there's enough of a fan base there. Um, I did pick up this remake, this uh, Shadowrun Returns. Yeah. How do I, is that on mobile, I believe? Uh, there's versions for the iPad. So I there's, feel like I've seen PC. it, but I, yeah, it's but on I just ignored it multiple now. platforms. Sure. Um, but, you know, I don't know. I, I, I was always uh, interested in the setting. I've uh, never really put any time into the Genesis version. But it's on my playlist somewhere. I don't know where, but it's, it's in the list. Um, hope to check it out sometime. So, Are you a Shadowrun fan? Uh, not specifically. Oh, I mean, okay. like, I don't, like, I, you know, it is it, it is a game based on one of those um, tabletop uh, oh, pen and paper okay. RPGs. I didn't know that. Yeah, yeah. Oh. So it's a game that existed before the video game. Um, kind of like Warhammer kind of thing? Uh, similar. Okay. But, but, you know, it's more of, I think, an RPG. Um, Warhammer is more of like a tactical combat type mm-hmm. of game. Um, <laughs> but, yeah, it's, uh, it's, you know, it's like a near future cyberpunk type of yeah. setting and that's what interests me about it well that's that's what interested me about it originally uh-huh yeah so i kind of i kind of wanted to get into that 
Um, right, so, so yeah, I'll check it out at some point. You funding in this? How much did you put in? Well, this is a sequel, so I feel like unless I check out the previous oh, so games, you're not going to give them anything until you play. Uh, hey, they got to sell me on it first. I gotta, I gotta play the. Oh, games. You're a tough customer. I'm sorry. You know how it is. <laughs> Gets me to games to play. You know, you gotta, you gotta earn my attention. <laughs> I, I thought it was much easier for you, though. You seem to not have any rules or regulations when it comes to buying games. <laughs> Sometimes it's uh, surprising what my picks are. You never know. <laughs> Speaking of picks, did we have pickups this week? Uh, you know, it's true. We did. I did, anyway. Yeah, did I didn't. Have, no. You didn't have no, anything. No, I, I saved some money this All week. Right. Well, I'm going to mention what I got. Okay. Um, and I got, basically, another t-shirt, surprisingly enough. Wow, okay. <laughs> Good. You know how I love my t-shirts. You do need some new t-shirts. Um, I didn't say I needed them. <laughs> That's your impression of it. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, I got I got one of the latest shirts from uh, 1CC, yet again. Came through with a really enticing design. Mm-hmm. Um, and this is um, pretty oh. much... Um, the one I had picked up was their shirt of the month for December, which was a PC Engine shirt. And this is uh, kind of a dark red, kind of a bright red, kind of somewhere in between bright and dark mm-hmm. um, uh, shirt with uh, kind of a cartoon... Uh, PC Engine guy on the on the front I of it. I love the shirt with the big uh, NEC logo on it. Yeah, right. We'll upload it to Facebook. Uh huh. And um, you know, basically, this is their tribute to the PC Engine, pretty much. Now, yeah. is that character that they use on the shirt used in like marketing or something? Was that something? I for tried back in the day? to find the history of this uh, character, and I couldn't find anything hmm. on, on it. Um, not really sure what the origin is, uh, but it is kind of kind of cool i kind of like the look of it um that's the front of the design yeah, and then totally. on the back it's got just you know the standard pc engine yeah logo. it's not too obnoxious or anything like that it's yeah, pretty pretty straightforward design mm-hmm. um one thing that i did notice about this um the name of this website one cc right mm-hmm. never really knew what the association was i didn't i didn't know what the history of that of the, of the naming was, but apparently this is a term that's popular among um, arcade players, and particularly, uh, you know, like bullet hell shooter fans, or just shooters in general. Uh, the 1cc reference means one credit clear. And um, I had no idea that that was a thing, you know, and I noticed this on forums where people mention 1cc. Never heard that expression. Or 1ccing a game. And uh-huh. I'm like, oh, what does this mean? Yeah. I don't know. And that's what it means. Basically, it means, you know, finishing the game with no continues. Yeah. Just, you know, straight through on, on one credit. Cool. So if I um, go to, where's that, in Europe? If I go to an arcade there? In Europe. Where, where, where did you say they use this? On forums. Oh, it's on forums? <laughs> yeah. I've never seen this before. <laughs> I guess you have, to, you have to delve into sh- into like wow. deep shooting out of the fans. Loop. Yeah, exactly. I'm still trying to figure out when we started calling everything shmups. <laughs> I don't use that term generally. I don't either, but somewhere down the line, I don't know. I must have been yeah living in a cave or something. Right. So I think the reason they associate this term with their site is uh-huh. because these shirts are one run, no continues. That's the that's the idea. It's it's a, it's a shirt of the month, and they don't reprint it. So that's the that's the illusion. There. Is this the same company that had those shirts uh, with the like blueprint designs of? No. Uh, that was a different company. Yeah, okay. those are those are different. That was like uh, somewhere else. Okay. I forget where. Um, those were only good for a week, I think. Mm. 
Yeah, yeah. There's a lot of these type of, of stores out I there. Bookmark this T-shirt, please. Yeah, and let's see what other designs they have. The design for January was some kind of Neo Geo related design. Mm-hmm. It has like um, a cluster of um, the uh, icons that they used on their packaging for the different genres of games. And you know, I don't know. I, that one particular one didn't didn't quite you know hit that chord with me to make me want to get one. Yeah. So I'm gonna let that one pass. Um, but I'm glad I got my PC Engine shirt. I had one in the 90s that, I don't know what happened to it. I think it just got worn out. Wow, a PC Engine shirt? Yeah, yeah. Where did you get that from? Uh, I got it at some convention. Huh. I just found it on a dealer table. It was a white shirt with the bright PC Engine logo on it. See, it's funny you say that. I was just about to bring up how I've been sort of collecting game sheet shirts for a long time. Uh-huh. And I wasn't really say collecting, but um, I think starting in the early 90s, when I worked at the game store, they used to give out promo shirts. So I have like a Sonic the Hedgehog 2 t-shirt, a Super Mario Brothers t-shirt, things like that, that they would give out as freebies. Mm-hmm. And then at the time, they really, like stores did not sell video game releases. You didn't see a lot of merchandise of that type, right? No, I mean, like in the 80s, they used to have those iron-ons, like when you bring a t-shirt to a uh-huh. place, they would iron like a logo or something on your shirt. Yeah. So they had some, like I had a Pac-Man and Donkey Kong one. But really, there wasn't anything until, like, Hot Topics came out. Like, really, they became well-known. Hot Topics, they started, man. Yeah, and they started carrying, like, the video game stuff. But that mm-hmm. wasn't until, like, the late 90s, maybe? Or even, like, early, like, mid-2000s? Mm-hmm. Where then, like, every, you know, like, every site carries, like, a video game-themed shirt. <laughs> right. So, I, I used to make it's my own. It's retro now. So, Retro's in. Yeah, well, I, since, because retro wasn't really that in mm-hmm. as much. So, um... It's funny that you say that because I never remember ever seeing video game themed t-shirts. So it got to a point where I used to make my own game shirts. Mm-hmm. I used to buy like iron-on paper yeah, and kind of just print out stuff and just put video game characters on shirts. Mm-hmm. So, and then once like, you know, every store sell, started selling game shirts, then it became sort of obsolete. But I don't know. It's funny you say that because I, <laughs> I never, but I never went to conventions. So maybe that's yeah, why. Yeah. That's where most of mine came from. Mm-hmm. I mean... Especially, like, a Japanese shirt. That's, like, even more rarer. <laughs> this was some, you know, just some vendor, I guess, that was... Um, I don't know if they were printing their own or if they had access to somebody who was making... You know, these were special interest shirts. This is, these aren't mass market kind of like... I mean, even, you know, Pac-Man and Donkey Kong are well-known. So, mm-hmm. you know, those I could see being maybe in a regular store. But this guy had not only that PC Engine shirt, I remember picking up a Vectrex shirt from him as well nice. at the same time. So this was kind of, you know... I, I guess definitely catering to a more um at a time collector. where the Vetrex was retro but not at the point where it maybe is now. Right. Yeah. Definitely. Cool. Maybe only like ten years after the fact. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So anyway, I'm glad to replace that. And um you know, hopefully there'll be new ones to look into as well. <laughs> okay. <laughs> <laughs> so that's that. Now, where do you draw the line on video game apparel? Do you would you wear like a <laughs> denim jacket with a big like PC Engine logo on the back? I, of it? I have I have a denim jacket with a PlayStation logo on it that I got from a Sick. friend. But that <laughs> was uh, but that was way back, uh, you know, when that was still new. Um, I haven't seen anything like that. Is it a like tie dye jacket? Time. Like a tie, like a acid washed? No, denim a, little, jacket? a little distressed maybe, but not really. Okay. Uh, 
No, fairly new. How about jeans with like logos running down the leg? <laughs> I, I'd like to see that. I want to. I want to. Let's let's go. Yeah. I, I have seen like the sweatpants with the uh huh, like uh, you know Mario Brothers logo or Street Fighter logo on it or something. Uh, it would I've have to. That. It would have to be done right. I I wouldn't. It's not my thing. Mm-hmm. Hats. Yeah. Hats you wear. Hats. Sure. Okay. Why not? Those are common. That's easy. I, I barely. That's an accessory. That's not even apparel. Mm. <laughs> Sneakers. If it's the right one, um, if it was like a Tron or some kind of sneaker with like some kind of color theme, like a Zelda green white. The problem white with sneakers, obviously, they get worn out much more than anything other types of clothing. But uh-huh. but usually they're so limited. Usually they become collector's items, and people don't want to ruin them by wearing them. So sneakers are a tough one. It would, ha- it would have to be like. Like, you know, super available and like 40 bucks or something so I can stock up on a bunch of them. you want to ruin them, right? Yeah, right. You want to preserve the look. So, True. So it's a tough one on, for sneakers. How about boxers? That's personal. I, I, <laughs> All right. I don't know if I can get into right. that. <laughs> Fair enough. So what else do you have? That's Anything? it. That's it, right? No. Okay, no. good. Getting hungry. So, All right. Well, well, join us next week. And remind, remember to leave us feedback, comments. And uh, if, you've, if you're kind enough to go to iTunes and leave us a nice four or five star or even six star, if you can figure that out, <laughs> review. On, on yes, can people iTunes. hack iTunes? Yeah. Uh-huh. Uh, please do. And otherwise, we'll see you guys next week. Thanks a lot. See you later.